this is unaffected. Welcome to Unaffected, a podcast that offers a curated look at some obscure, forgotten, and neglected singers of the mid-20th century. I'm your host, Ethan Stoller. So, 45s. I never really liked them so much. I mean, this was even before the current occupant of the White House God, uh, became <laughs> president. But 45s, uh, they're really, they're not fun for me. Um, they're hard to browse, like at a store, because you have to like lift up each one individually to see what it is. You don't get that big, beautiful artwork like with an LP. You only get two, maybe four, up to four songs. And, uh, yeah, and they don't, you, you can't line them up, uh, you, like, read the spine on, the, on, the, on a bookshelf. You have to flip. It's, they're terrible. But sometimes there is great music contained on them, and sometimes we rely on our internet uh, pioneers <laughs> to, uh, God bless them, go through them, find good ones, and then share them. There is a blogger in Japan who, I don't know their name, I don't believe it's public, uh, it's a blog, runs a blog called Seven Inch Jazz World, and they post the most amazing uh, jazz seven inch singles from the mid 20th century. So a few months ago, there was a new post, and it was a singer named Liz Fuchs featured that day, F-U-C-H-S. Very cute picture, of a very young-looking woman uh, with a, a short blonde hair uh, with kind of a mysterious smile. And, you know, not expecting to be blown away, but hopeful. I clicked the link, and <laughs> I... The voice was, it was one of those moments, like, how, what, I started to question my very existence. Why, how is it that I'm so, uh, such, I think I'm such an aficionado of this genre, and yet here's someone this great that I've never even heard her name before. And, uh, but, you know, existential doubt quickly led to uh, pure admiration because this is what I heard. Little while, I won't forget. 
What can you say? It's all there. The technique, the timing, the intonation, the tone. Oh, our tone's great. So I, you know, I was ecstatic to have discovered, you know, anytime I discover a singer like that, it just makes my day. Uh, one of the, so the kind of well, depressing part about the, the blog entry was that there doesn't seem to be much information beyond what was known from the record jacket. Uh, the, the blogger writes, and keep in mind, this is translated by me through Google Translate, very rough uh, translation. She is in a situation where neither this film nor fate is known. I'm not sure what film means there. She's in a situation where neither this film nor fate is known, but if it is found, it will be obtained immediately and will not be regrettable. So maybe they were trying to find this Fuchs. But as far as I can tell, she faded into obscurity and was never to be heard from again. And it's such a shame because it'd be great to hear her story. And to... What's going on? Do you hear that? I'm sorry about this interference. Yeah, it would just be so great to hear, you know, in her words, like, what was it like recording that song that day? Uh, it's too bad. But Ethan, it, Ethan. What? It was 60 years ago. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, my God. 60 years ago. Okay. Did I have you going? I found her. She's an amazing, delightful, sweet, funny, interesting, energetic dynamo of a person. And her name now, and for most of her adult life, uh, is Liz Philo. And she married Stephen Philo, who was the bass player on this recording from 1957, which they made at Cornell University. And I'm going to play a little bit more of uh, my chat with Liz. Uh, But first, let's listen to uh, another song um, from the four-track EP. This was an original song uh, written by Marty Blinder, who is the piano player on this session, who is also a student at Cornell at the time, and still in touch and friends with Liz Philo. So this song is uh, a sweet ballad called Lonely. Check it out. The moon above you and no one to love Your fingers holding an empty glove The trees around seem to bend and to say why are you lonely lonely this way the moon that knew you has turned cold and blue the love that once warmed your heart has gone too the sun has vanished and with it the light Why are you lonely, lonely tonight? You can give the answer. You alone the reason why. Did you not romance him? Did you tell a lie? 
like the song. I still no. don't. No, I mean, it, the lyrics are kind of silly. Think about it. My finger's yeah. holding an empty glove. <laughs> that is a cheap way to get back to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it wasn't... I, 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 I did it because Marty wrote it and he wanted to, he right. wanted to record it and I said, great. I, I have a feeling I may have just sung it right then and there for the first time. I don't. Oh, wow. I I don't remember. Okay. I really don't. I think I think I kind of. I should ask Steve what he remembers, or ask Marty what he remembers. I I kind of think we got on the stage, and we just went through the numbers a couple of times. Now we we had already done the, the other three numbers. We'd done you know dozens of times. Okay. So we just kind of went through them. And I think we probably just went, kind of went through lonely, and I had the music in front of me. So you can, you were sight reading. Yeah, music, pretty much. I melody. think for that one, yeah. Okay, so you weren't trained, but you could sight read. Uh, oh well, I'm, music. well, I'm a musician. I mean, I have I have relative pitch, and I play piano, and yeah, right. No, yeah, no, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm a musician. Yeah. So can you name a song that you didn't you didn't love this one, but can you give me an example of one one of your favorite songs? Do you know a song? I know one thing we recorded that I still sing. Do you know a song called Something Cool? Uh, yeah, June, June Christie is the, June Christie. the famous. Yeah, yeah. Something Cool. And that song I've done all these years, I still do it. Well, you just gave me goosebumps singing the two words. <laughs> it's a great song. It's a, sto- it's a story song, you know, which I love. I mean, lyrics, to me, that's, that's everything. So... Are your performances of the standards informed by versions you've heard before? And if you're doing one you've never heard anyone else sing before, does that change how you sang it or approach it? Um, I don't know how to answer that question. I sometimes steal. Um, I will steal from singers. There's, I'm trying to think of the one song. It's nice work. Now that's stolen. Nice work if you can get it. That little riff right there, I stole right. from whoever. I don't. I think it was Tony Bennett. Okay. I can't remember. But when I no, I just do my own my own thing. You know, it, to me, lyrics are are key. Lyrics are everything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And when I think something like. Um, Embraceable you. Just one look at you, my heart goes tipsy in me. You and you alone bring out the gypsy. I mean, that lyric, how, how can you not just feel it in your bones, in right. your soul? So I just, I just sing what the lyrics are saying to me. And I try to always put, um, put something personal in it, in, in it because it's, in my head is is a is a person 
usually, um, or an emotion that I feel very intensely. Right. And I love an audience. I love my, my husband, who is an actor, likes the fourth wall. I don't like the fourth wall. Okay. I like an audience. Sure. I relate directly to the audience. But there are times when I'm so into a song, lyrically and in my head, that I kind of forget that there's an audience there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to kind of say, come back, come back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, have, you have people sitting here. Right, right, right. But I love my audiences. They, are, they feed me constantly. So did you ever take a crack at becoming a recording artist, like for a major label or anything? You got the chops. I did a demo tape. Okay. I did a demo tape that someone wanted to take to the A&R man at Columbia Records. All right. What year is this? This was in, <clears throat> that would have been 63. Okay. <clears throat> and he wanted to take it. His name was Joel, and I can't remember now his last name, but he wanted to, he said, I think you need to, these people at the recording companies need to hear you. Yeah. So I did a demo tape, and he took it to the A&R man at Columbia Records, whose name was T.L. Mateo. Now, why do I remember that? I don't know, but that was his name. Okay. T.L. Mateo, and he was a big A&R man in New York. And he listened to it, and he said to Joel, well, she's great, but she sounds like all the other singers. That was his final <laughs> assessment wow. of my voice. So I said, well, yeah, because I learned by listening to all of them. So this, this executive Liz refers to as Tio Macero. He, he's a huge deal in jazz world back in that day. He produced the top-selling, the three top-selling jazz records of all time two by Miles Davis and one by uh, Dave Brubeck. So yeah, he's if there were a jazz producer Hall of Fame, he would be like in the initial class of inductees. Okay, I get it. But I'm not too uh, thrilled with his evaluation of vocal talent. So not only did he deprive us of a Liz Philo record, he gave us in 1962 two records by a singer named Meg Wells, who whose record I bought Sound Unheard a few years ago and uh, put the needle down and immediately, of course, took it off. And you'll hear why in a second. But also, like, I had to like, get the record out. I think I walked it straight over to the Brown Elephant and donated it. Um, but maybe you'll like it. I'll play a few seconds of it. But there is no, like, digital trace of Meg Wells. I think this is really funny. Like, you can find <laughs> the most obscure, like, Ghanaian high life music on YouTube, uh, but you cannot find uh, Meg Wells records, two which were on major label <laughs> uh, Columbia records. So judge for yourself, but this is Meg Wells, and I'll be mercifully brief with this. So check this out. The shepherd has turned to him So, Tio Macero, I don't care about Duke Gellington and Charles Mingus and all the records you made. Your legacy is giving us the Meg Wells experience instead of the Liz Philo experience. Uh, so, we're running short on time. So, I chatted with Liz a long time and 
uh, she, and you can tell she's the kind of person you just want to keep listening to. So she tells a lot of stories about her life and her successes and her passions and her loves and her music and her art and her experiences and her opinions. It's great. So I'm going to put a lot of our conversation on the website, unaffectedpod.com. And I can't wait for you to hear it, but uh, there's just not space here to do it. Uh, and I just want to thank her so, so much. Talking with her was a true delight, true delight, and I'll never forget it. And I also want to thank her engineer and audio guru mixer, uh, John Baker, who sent over the tracks. And uh, to close out the episode, I'm going to introduce you to another singer, uh, also from a 45. Uh, this singer is from Australia. Her name is Rochelle Turner, a really great jazz singer who I don't think ever really crossed, you know, the shores to uh, have much success commercially. But I think she's terrific. And I'm going to play the song Something Cool, which uh, Liz mentioned earlier. It's written by Billy Barnes, music and lyrics. And I'm going to, I usually don't, but I'm going to play the entire lyric uh, because I think it's fair use since Liz talked about how the strength of this song is that it's a story song. So thanks again to Liz. Thanks for tuning in. I know it's it's been a hiatus here since the last episode, but uh, I'm back and uh, stay safe out there. Something cool. I'd like to order something cool. It's so warm here in town, and the heat gets me down. Yes, I'd like something cool My, it's nice To simply sit and rest a while Now, I know it's a shame I can't think of your With strangers, I most usually drink alone. But you were so awfully nice to ask me, and I'm so terribly far from home. Like my dress. I must admit, it's very old, but it's simple and neat, it's just right for the heat, save my furs for the cold, a cigarette.
I'll bet you couldn't imagine that I one time had a house with so many rooms I couldn't count them all. I'll bet you couldn't imagine I had 15 different bows who would beg and beg to take me to the ball. And I'll bet you couldn't picture me the time I went to Paris in the fall. And who would think the man I loved was quite so handsome, quite so tall? Well, it's through. It's just a memory I have One I'd almost forgot For the weather's so hot And I'm feeling so bad About a date The guy who stopped to buy me something cool. To think of my something I did sixty years ago was heard in Japan, and now comes in, coming out of Chicago. I mean, it's just kind of mind-blowing. This has been an Ambivert Media Production. 